Hello, everybody. We are live and recording. Welcome to Printavo University number four. We're talking standards and operation procedures today. And I am Nick. I work at Printavo on a sales team. Of course, we got Matt. He's on the customer success team. And today we got another guest from Printavo. It's Jess. The Welcome, Jess. We'll give everybody to get in. Of course. Um, one thing I always like to know when we're doing this is where's everybody from? Shout out in the chat where you're from. We'd love to see who's watching, where you're watching from. I'm out in Glendale, California. How about you guys? Where are you guys? Uh, Chi Town, Chi Town, Chi Town here. Jess, you just moved, right? Where are you at now? Yeah, from Chicago to Milwaukee. So I'm in a sunny, sunny, sunny Milwaukee today. <laughs> Love it. We got a lot of folks. We got Cole out in Los Angeles, not too far from me. I know Cody's out in Texas. We got Brad in Little Rock. Donald's out in Memphis. Great to see it. Gregory, Canada, nice. Great. Love to love that we're going international here. We got Iowa. We got Nebraska. Got most of the states, I think. I, that's not true, but we got maybe close to half of them. <laughs> a lot of states. At least a dozen. We're counting not our strong suit. It's okay. <laughs> All right, let's get let's get in here. Uh, ooh, one more though. Richard, Richard what's Greaves, up, what's up, <laughs> sir? I love I love that we have Richard Greaves in these. Good good to uh, virtually talk to you, Richard. Always love having you. Of course. Yeah. Thanks for being here, everybody watching. Of course, you can share the link. We'll be going for a little while. But today we are talking about standard operating procedures. And, you know, I I don't know a ton about these. I, I got the two experts here. But let's just hear about it. How did you two get interested in standard operating procedures? Man, let's start with you. Uh, I mean, I've kind of been a nerd for them my whole life. Uh, when I was younger, I've told people before this, uh, I had some learning struggles. Uh, just moved around a lot as a kid, missed a lot of school, just was slow on the intake. Um, so I had to find ways that I could absorb knowledge. So I kind of got into the idea of like the psychology behind learning and how that actually works uh, with different different folks. Um, in going into college, I started off with psychology uh, was the plan. Um, after taking some sociology classes, it was kind of like, no, not for me. Um, and I went into instructional design. Um, and that was really based on the, the, the idea of learning psychology and how the different types of learning methods uh, interact with each other and how you can uh, help train the masses uh, by really focusing on the different psychology of the learning methods behind it. Um, then I also focused my minors on screen printing and graphic design. So kind of just somehow planned on teaching and educating screen printing. This probably not worth the amount of student loan debt that I have, but uh, really, really dove, dove deep into that. Um, built my first standard operational procedures, obviously in school, I ended up uh, actually creating a hundred page manual on how to use a computer software. Uh, that was one of the, the main projects I had to do uh, for that 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 uh, degree focus, um, which was which was crazy. But I found the the fun in finding the common denominator, the lowest level of where you have to start at, and then building uh, education for all the different types, right? Uh, audio, visual, kinesthetic, all those different things. Uh, and then right after college, did some touring with a buddy's band, doing merch and stuff, designing and printing, and then went into a full-time job, ended up running a large uh, production facility with eight autos, six manuals. Uh, depending on what time of the year it was, I had almost 100 employees. 
then I had to create standard, standardized operational procedures and train new employees. Um, so it was kind of kismet worked out perfectly. What I had learned uh, previously, I'll just kind of just start putting them into place and kind of continue to ever evolve and, and nerd out with uh, operational procedures and how, how to make things easier and more attainable for everybody to understand, especially something that I'm so passionate about, which is the screen printing world. Awesome. Yeah, Jess, how about you? Um, definitely don't have a background anywhere near as near like nearly like Matt's, but um, I've also always been a nerd for procedure and just training, um, breaking things down into smaller bite-sized pieces and help them be digestible for people is something that I really love to do and I'm really good at. So I just kind of ran with that and here I am. Love it. Yeah. So Matt, you were talking about the different styles of learning. I want to pull up a diagram here. Can you walk us through this? Tell us a little bit about what these styles of learning uh, have to offer and why this is related to standard operating procedures and, of course, why it's related to printing. Yeah, yeah, of course. So this is one of many different methodologies out there. And uh, if you really go into learning psychology, often people say there's a lot more than this. This is kind of what we consider the, the basis, right? So there's the the you hear it to learn it, you see it to learn it, you do it to learn it, and then there's any any mixture of that. So in the Venn diagram, um, right, we've got the ability to blend those. Uh, I mean, according to this, the best way to, to learn anything is to like make a song and dance and make everyone do it, right? Because you're blending audio, visual, and doing. Um, but literally what it comes down to is you can't always know if you tell someone to do something, they're going to learn it. You also can't guarantee if you show someone to do something, they're going to learn it. Uh, or that if you just have them do it, that they're really going to ascertain that knowledge and actually uh, be able to move forward with that. So this shows that those are different types of learning types and there's not always overlap, but for some there is. So really trying to find a way to focus as many of the learning types into how you go about training employees will help make better retention on your employee side. Um, if you're just sitting there telling somebody day in and day out how to do something, they're not getting it. Maybe don't blame them quite yet. Don't don't question their intellect quite yet. Maybe change your approach on how you're trying to teach them. And you may find that once you change that that approach to be a visual or kinesthetic, that maybe then the lights go on, right? And so you can also figure out what each employee type is. And it's important to like make a little side note about that with, with your employees. That way when you go to have to follow up with training or there's a mistake somebody makes, you can go, okay, I already know because I've trained somebody so long. I know they're a kinesthetic learner. Me talking to them isn't really gonna do it. I need to go talk to them and show them we gotta work together or I need to have somebody go work with them for a little while. So really understanding the different types of learning and making sure you're not just trying to put somebody into a category unjustly, right? It's kind of like a square peg into a circle hole. You're gonna lose your mind trying to do it and you're not actually helping them either. So this is really just the idea behind uh, how, how people learn uh, and where that overlap is and where you can try to find the most uh, effective way, uh, which obviously is that middle, right? Visual, auditory, kinesthetic learner. So being able to kind of bring all in will help teach all the different types. Can't always do that, like I said, but knowing that and really understanding who your, your people are, if it's a customer, right? You have to train your customers too, right? So understanding that if you're talking to a customer, they're just not getting it. And every time they call for a quote, they're just not getting it. Bring them in, right? bring them in, have a sit down meeting, put things in their hands, talk to them. Yeah, it's an hour maybe you can't spend, but it's gonna prevent four more hours of phone calls down the road. So that's kind of what this, this little diagram talks about. Love it, awesome. Now, let's back up a little bit, big picture. 
why do standard operating procedures matter? I mean, not going to lie. They sound kind of boring. They sound kind of dry. What's the upside for caring about this stuff? Jess, go ahead. Yes. Yeah, for sure. So I think it's really important when you are even, you know, just like a one man shop all the way up to, you know, 40, 50 employees to have these operating procedures in place because you can be operating a business and, you know, not really have any sort of actual procedures in place that show you exactly what you need to do when something happens and what some, you know, what's next to come after that one thing happens. Does that make sense? It's kind of like if then statements, you know, if the customer does this, then we do this. Or if this happens on press, then we do this. So it's really important to be able to lay out those guidelines for people because you can have a really fantastic employee that learns really well. But if you don't have those processes in place, then, you know, people need rules to be able to do what they're supposed to do. Otherwise, you'll just lose, you know, you'll lose really great employees. So it's really important to have those. For sure. You know, yeah. go ahead, man. No, I, was, I com completely agree. Uh, one of the points you said is if you're a one-man shop or a 50-man shop, uh, plus, right, this does really matter. Uh, even if you are the one-man shop, I know Jess and I have, Jess kind of taught me, showed me the ropes here for a since I've been here, and her and I have nerded out about this for hours on end through Slack channels and just talks. Um, but it doesn't matter what size shop you are. I mean, if you are a one-person shop, you need to actually have good operational procedures put into place. How are you going to grow? How do you know when to grow? How do you know the right time to actually put an employee in and at what point, right? Unless you actually standardize what you're doing for yourself and then create a growth plan based off of that, you're just throwing money and people at something that you don't know if they're going to even work out well there or if you're going to still waste your own time, spin your own wheels or what that process really needs to look like. So you're really setting yourself up by building a good foundation by creating these. If you don't have them, well, when your house tumbles, you're the only one to, to blame is you, right? Totally. So, okay, you've convinced me. I need it because it's going to help me know when I should hire somebody. It's going to help that person know what to do next. It's going to help me grow my business and look at it on the big picture. So I'll make them. Where the heck do I start? How do I even begin breaking these down? Sure. So... You know, the first thing you're going to do is really take a bird's eye look at your business. You know, you want to look at it from way far away and just kind of identify those bigger areas and those core areas of your business. So for screen printing, typically what you see is, you know, the folks that are in the front are more like administrative and then everything in the back is production. So you have those two houses already split up. Then from there, what you're going to do is look inside of each individual. We call them silos sometimes, so each silo and then you're going to see, okay, we have, you know, our sales department, we have our marketing department, we have artwork, uh, the folks that are doing all of our art and graphic design. Um, you know, we have the people that are in purchasing, you know, and then you look into production and you say, you know, we have these, uh, we have receiving, we have our pressmen, we have, um, you know, DTG, final, all of these different areas of your business. And those are the places to start. So once you have everything broken down into each of those departments, then you can start identifying the processes that go into each department. That sounds doable. That sounds uh, okay. So once I have them broken down in department, um, Matt, any thoughts on that? Any thoughts on how I should be thinking about breaking it down? Is it by person? Is it by process? Is it both? 
Yeah, it's it's both. So I like what Jess said about like taking like a bird's eye view, like that 5,000 foot view and really to see kind of just almost looking at like what the floor plan layout looks like, right? So if you have the office administrative and you got everything else that usually the other side of the, of, the, of the building, right? I kind of look at it like it's like it's an iPad picture. I want to like zoom in or like Google Maps, right? Like I'm looking at the satellite view and then I like zoom in and I get even closer and now I can like get like directions. When you're on ways, right, and you're and you're going from A to B, so like the big picture, you can zoom in. You can actually see the little individual turns you're making. So as you kind of focus in departmentally, you can start to really start to build individual tasks and how how that streamlines through your process. Um, and every single every single department needs these. I mean, you look at the the big Fortune 500 companies, right? Look at the Amazons, the Apples, all these. They're successful because of a lot of things, right? But also because they've got good operational procedures. They have people that are designated to do that one job and they know that job and they know if this happens, then I can only do this. If this happens, then I can only do this. They don't leave a lot of um, forks in the road where you can choose which way to go. It's not a choose your own adventure novel, like the little goosebumps book. You're like, oh, I'm gonna go over here now, right? It's like next page, you have to follow that sequence. Um, and that's that's really, really vital to help make sure you're successful. If when I ran, I've run multiple shops now, if I left anything too open and I had a an employee make a wrong choice, if, if, I, if they didn't have the option to make a choice, it wouldn't have happened, right? So I left it too open-ended. They chose incorrectly. I might be upset with them for a moment, but at the end of the day, that's really my fault, right? That's not their yes. fault. So one thing that, I, that kind of drives me crazy um, is, and it doesn't happen very frequently, but I've been lucky enough to be in hundreds of shops and I would say dozens of those shops Oftentimes I'll be in there for something and something will go wrong and they start getting angry and throwing things and the, the owners all, all, all pissed off about something, right? Well, that doesn't do any good. And really all I'm seeing is the person who's really accountable, not owning that, right? And it's not the person who made the mistake, it's accountable. It goes upstream. So you need to really make sure that you're managing, managing these SOPs, you're putting them into process and you're, you're figuring out what is happening in each department, what tasks have to happen, what processes have to happen, what are the, what's the next step who's doing it, how they're doing it, where they're doing it, when they're doing it, and creating a, a thought process tree, a link tree, a flowchart diagram, right? So it comes comes to like, like Jeff brought up right away, if then statements, right? If this happens, then I do this. Once you arm them with the ability to understand what they have to do, what their expectations are, and where they have to go, it's like giving somebody a, a map to get to the destination, as opposed to being like, oh, you have to go to and just saying the address. Oh, okay, maybe you'll get lucky and one in a hundred will find their way, but the other 99 aren't dumb. You just didn't give them the tools to succeed, right? Yeah, let's take a look at one of those maps here. So we're pulling it up. Pretty big, pretty big uh, information loop here. This is what we've been talking about. We've been skirting around this. So what we're trying to do is, is make one of these. Can y'all break this down? so we can understand what we're looking at here? Sure, so I know that we were just talking about looking at your business from a bird's eye view and then breaking it down departmentally. Um, we've covered this chart a few on a few other webinars uh, and the smaller ones that we've done for Printavo, but uh, for those of you folks that are just joining us, this is going to be, you know, each department, what happens in that department. So, you know, it says that we have the quote up for approval, you know, it goes through the quote approval process for our sales department. 
And then you go down into the artwork department and what happens down there, you know, for the artwork approval, sorry, that's my dog, um, for the artwork approval process and what happens there. And then it continues to flow through that chart. And you're essentially, what you're doing is taking a printed work order and handing it off to the next department. Um, and what happens to that one piece of paper or that one sale that you've made and you follow it all the way to the end. Now, from here, what you can do is, you know, I know that we're going to be speaking on this in a minute, but get even more detailed into that. You know, this is what happens when, you know, our customer says no, or this is what happens when our customer ghosts us. This is what happens when, you know, maybe something goes wrong on press. And uh, I know, Matt, we've been talking before about white ink on hoodies before. You know, what happens if something goes wrong there? Do you have a process in place for that to, you know, for you guys to fix it, to identify those issues. Um, so you can get really, really granular with your, um, with your process here. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree with what Jess is saying. It's important though, a lot of times I'll see shops that they, they skip this big bird's eye view, right? And they just, they go right into the, 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 the granular ins and outs, which is okay, but it's kind of, once again, like, making directions without even looking at the map. Um, so you may turn left, turn right, turn left, turn right. You're like, but where am I actually going, right? Um, so this is really, I think like we talked earlier on, Nick, you asked like, where do you start? Um, this is definitely where to start, right? So you get the admin side, you get the production side, and then you start looking at how those two link. And then you look at how all the interdepartments between those link. And even if you're a one or two man uh, shop. So for example, I think everyone knows I, I also own a, a small print shop. Um, there's, it's, we call it a one and a half man hustle because I'm there maybe a night or two a week and then like a day a weekend and then four mics over there just all, all day doing the actual hard work. Um, but we're only a, the one and a half man hustle. We got another guy that comes in there and helps out with some design stuff. Um, but we still have these, we still have operation procedures. We still talk about what Mike's doing, what I'm doing and how that flow looks. So even though it's, Mike doing the screens, Mike doing the reclaiming, Mike doing most of the printing, right? We still break that out by departments. It's not just Mike and then here's all things that are Mike. Mike's doing. We break it out based on departments. The great thing about that is we can also now figure out, okay, are we hitting a crazy busy week? Do we need to reach out to one of the one of the, the homie workers that we've got that'll, that'll come in and kind of hang out for a free lunch and maybe a, a case of beer and throw them some cash to come come help out and we can identify where that needs to happen better because we have these charts put into place. Otherwise, we're just kind of throwing somebody at, at, at the wall and hoping they stick and that's not gonna really work out well either. Um, so it doesn't matter if you're, a, if you don't have people in all these departments and you're just a solo shop doing it, still break it out based on departments. Pretend you have somebody that is not you, that isn't as knowledgeable, doesn't know all this stuff and pretend you already have them in there and build it out based upon that idea. You're gonna find on your own that you probably are overlooking steps. Like it helps you, your, your own edification, right? Okay, how do I actually do this process? Let's pretend I don't know something, I'll start from scratch. And you'll go, oh, I, I didn't even think about these six things that I'm doing every single time. Maybe I should use a status change notification. Maybe I should use an automation. Maybe I can build a zap for this, right? So you can also find more ways to become more efficient, even if you are just that one, one or one and a half man hustle uh, trying to get by. So it's really, really vital that you start with this bird's eye view and you understand the basic flow and org of your, your business. 
Green, I think green um, just to, to kind of go off of what you were saying here too, is if you don't have something like this in place and you start doing the more detailed, you know, if then statements, you might find that you, you know, you have a hole somewhere. Sorry, my dog is behind me making a lot of noise. Um, you might find that you have a hole somewhere or that something is actually going wrong in your shop and you don't know why, you don't know where to fix it. So having something like this in place so you can say, oh, you know, maybe it is in our screen rooms and that's where maybe we need to have an extra set of hands or, um, you know, why are we not getting, you know, more quotes to go through the process? Well, maybe we need to look at this, you know, the follow-up process here or, you know, things like that. I think it's really important to be able to have something larger to look at first before you start getting into the more detailed if-then statements. Yeah, Nick, in the past when we had like, I think we had, it was the Mike Ramirez episode and we talked about screens, um, we really, really talked about variable control, right? Um, th this is no different, right? We need to actually identify the variables in each department, what the tasks are, what the procedures are, what we're trying to achieve, what the outcome hopefully is, right? And we need to, those are variables. And by doing this, we're just like we talked about with Mike Ramirez, we're actually doing variable control. Uh, if you're trying to grow your business during a pandemic, right, where we all are currently at, uh, you need to really understand what variables you can control. Unfortunately, we can't necessarily control if schools are going to go back, all that kind of stuff. But what you can control is how you're going about your business, how you're building your business, and how you're uh, running your efficiencies. So just like you, you are always concerned about your screen coding or your ink viscosity, and you're really focusing those variables, that's great, but this is even more important variable control in my opinion. I, I, I would much rather see a shop that has proper SOPs put in place and standards and organization that is struggling with their ink deposit, right? Because that's easier to fix. Uh, if you're focused, too hyper-focused on your screens and your inks and you don't have something like this already put into place, I would really urge you to take a step back and, and take that 5,000 foot view for you and, and the company, your employees, your future employees, your own mental sake down the road too. Uh, it, it keeps it keeps it from being stuck in a wheel where he's coming back to the same problems, right? You might become an amazing, if, if you can print a screen perfectly, right? Through, through a screen and make a perfect shirt, but you can't bring somebody and train them to do that. Well, then you're stuck on press forever. Your shop's not gonna grow, right? So this comes back down to that point we've been kind of hammering in and I'm sure we will exhaustively continue to say that, uh, but variable control is, is, is key here. Totally. As we're going here, of course, if anyone watching has questions for Matt and Jess, just pop them in the chat. I'm curious if anyone watching has made one of these charts for their business. If they have a nice SOP chart, maybe they have it hanging up. So let us know. Well, you guys have been skirting around the idea of zooming in and actually looking at one particular process. And Matt and Jess did a great job. They made a SOP for just the sales process. So I'm going to pull that up here. Yes, Steve, great question. You sure can. Um, you could get a copy of that. It's a, I got it as a JPEG here, so maybe the easiest way is to just shoot me an email over at nickapintavo.com. Um, okay, so here's our sales process. Let's take a look here. Um, tell me about this, and, and then maybe let's run through it. So what are we looking at? So this is just, uh, Jess and I kind of put this together. Obviously, uh, Jess is, like I said, she showed me the ropes, joining Printavo and how we go about things. And 
So we, we put our nerdy brains together and came up with this. This is one of a million ways to do this. I think the saying's a million ways to skin a cat, but I really hope no one's actually skinning cats. I know it's <laughs> Halloween season, but let's avoid that. Um, but uh, there's, there's a million ways to do this, right? But this is one that, um, that I've, I've adopted at Sound Fury. It's been, been very helpful. Um, just hadn't really penned it to paper so, so effectively yet. So this is just one small capture, right? This is going to be just the quoting process. Now this has nothing to do with actually inputting information in the quote. This is, a, this is okay, I have already attained all the things I need for a, an, an accurate quote, right? So I've got my art, I've got my pieces, my goods, all the pricing, everything together. This is just the actual uh, pipeline process of getting that quote turned into a quote, a proof. Uh, so here we can see that it goes from quote the way that I like to have it, I think Justice is too, is that if it's in a quote status, a customer's never seen that. You're just working on that, right? So from that, once you want to send it to a customer, uh, we do use status change notifications um, just because to me, it's the most effective use of your time to, to utilize that, that automation option to not sit there and type out a million emails when you don't need to, especially in a process like this where a personalized-ish canned message usually always suffices. Um, people are like, oh, I don't necessarily want to do that. It seems robotic. Not if you use the short code, but their name in there and all their, their stuff, right? Uh, so from here, we go from quote to uh, what I call a one-two punch. Um, so right now, I've got it set to go to quote out for approval dash email. That status change automatically sends out that email. That's punch one. My two punch is courtesy text. So I change status once, let it refresh, change status again to courtesy text, let it refresh. So now I've given them an email and a text message. The text message messages or mentions I've also emailed you so they can see it here and they can take care of it on their phone or they can go to that email as well. And then I don't know if you can zoom in there at all, Nick, um, but underneath that I have something uh, where it says set task reminder to follow up and put a date and assign the person, right? So this is one where people always forget or they're like, oh, I just make sure to go look at dates every now and then. You send a quote at a, at a task saying follow up tomorrow, right? Also call them especially if it's a firm date, call them. And then based off that response, if, they get, if you get a response, the response is it's approved, status, status automatically goes to quote approved because we're using the automations. Um, or if it's not approved or they don't respond, follow up quote and email, follow up quote and text. Once again, it's that one, two punch, right? It's to go to both those statuses. So it emails them and text messages them. And then set a task reminder saying follow up again, possibly change the dates. If now the date time has changed, you were seven days out, they wasted two days. You got to push it again two more days out then for that turn time um, and call them again, right? Call them again, leave a task, you call them. Make sure you put everything in there. The idea behind this is that we want to make it so you're not going to let anybody fall through the cracks. If you just put it out and put out for approval email, put out for approval text, and it waits four days for something to happen, that's kind of on you for letting that sale fall through the cracks. Now, I get you don't necessarily have the time to be blowing up their phone hoping they answer. But you do have the time to change the status. Just click a button, click a button, and then have a preset task list. Once again, for these, we click another button and it drops a task in, you assign it. It takes 12 seconds of you doing appropriate follow-up and making sure you can actually get these turned over into active quotes. So this kind of just follows that, that link tree that we've got uh, in a few statuses. So the statuses that we've got set up here, uh, just this is actually what I use once again for Sound and Fury. Uh, it's quote out for approval email and text, follow up quote email, follow up text, Final outreach email, final outreach text. Each of those canned messages and status change notifications has slight different verbiage alluding to the fact this is a follow-up or this is my final attempt. Um, and I'll make sure to do phone calls. It's really, really not great to say this is my final attempt and you never picked up a, a, 
phone, right? That's just bad user experience. What if they missed it? What if it went to a spam folder for some reason, right? Make sure you're doing call touches in here too between each of these. That way when you get to the final outreach, it's like, I've tried calling you a few times and I've sent multiple emails. Like after this, you gotta, you gotta get a hold of me. I'm putting this into an archive quote status and I can't guarantee any production now. Um, and it kind of just falls it through. So based off this little tree we've got here, either ends up in an archived quote, right? So I can make it not seen on my calendar, but I'm not deleting it. That's the worst thing you want to do is delete that quote because it always like clockwork, like the next day, like, hey, I'm ready. You're like, dude, it's been a month. Are you kidding me? I just deleted that quote. So don't delete the quote, put it in an archive quote status, leave it in your quotable status, uh, and just make sure you turn that off so you're not actually looking at that in your total opportunity for your pipeline. Uh, so that's the the fail route is archive quote. The success route is any of those answering yes and approved, ending up in a quote approved. So this is how granular you can get in just one little segment. This is one of what would probably be dozens uh, as you continue through that process in through the rest of the shop and production. Jess, is there anything you want to add to this? You had a big, big part in this too. Yeah, I think the biggest thing here is even for people that are not using Printavo, even though, you know, this will make your life a lot easier if you do, you can take something like this and make this, you know, here's the first email that we send out to our customers. If we, you know, as soon as we have the quotes together for them, then if we don't follow up or hear back from them, here's the second email that we send out. You're still going to want to have something like this if you don't have a shop management software. But I, it's really worth the investment to have something like that. So then that way you can keep track of all of your jobs. Um, also, you know, going on from this, you can have additional follow-ups here or even statuses for yourself that are, you know, in between these that will let you know, like, hey, you should call this person. So you can remind yourself to follow up with that, even if you don't want to use the tasks. So there's different ways that you can utilize those statuses. Um, but I think we did a really good job here at really mapping out exactly what all of the different routes a job could take during that quote approval process. So thanks. <laughs> so for the sake of different learning styles, let's do a role play here. I'll be the customer. Y'all run the shop. Okay, so I want 100 shirts. What happens next? Jess, Matt, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you go with it. <laughs> all right, awesome. So the first thing you're going to do is you guys want to just make sure that you have all of the information that you need to compile your quote. So that's what we have all the way over to the left there is just making sure I can't really see because I had to uh, take my glasses off for this. But if you could scroll in, that would be awesome. I um, cannot. But let's say I sent you a workable art file. I sent you my due date. I told you how I'm going to pay. You know what terms I'm on. I told you how I want to get the box. I want you to ship it to me. Uh, you know the pricing level I'm at. You know, we've been buying shirts from you for a long time, so you guys are hooking it up. And then any notes or garments that I'm going to buy. But, yeah, sorry I did zoom in. And, again, if folks, if you That's want okay. to. Oh, wait, maybe I can. Did I do it? You just well, zoomed in. I'm seeing it zoomed. You did it. There we go. Folks, if you want it in nice high resolution, again, just shoot me an email. It's nickaprintavo.com. But okay, I told you what I want. I want a hundred shirts for my uh, Overwatch League. <laughs> How about that? So, uh, what next? Awesome. So then you guys are gonna take all of that information, put that into a quote, and then literally just a click of a button, you're gonna hit quote out for approval email and quote out approval for approval courtesy text if you're using Printavo. So you're gonna hit them with an email and a text message asking for approval. Um, after that, you're going to set a task for yourself to remind yourself to follow up on that order. 
or, you know, because it's in that status, you can still look at it and see that it is on the calendar and that you just need to flip it up after a couple of days. Okay. Let's say I'm kind of a scrub and I didn't get back to you. It's been two days. <laughs> what now? So the next step is just going to be to take that order and flip it into the next status down. So I'm going to send you a follow-up email and a follow-up text. Um, you know, if I haven't heard back from you, if you gave me a hard, you know, a hard, uh, due date, then I'm definitely going to pick up the phone and start calling you as well. Just to be like, Hey, I want to confirm that you received this. I know that you have a hard due date. Um, you know, did you get my order or did you get this quote? And if I don't hear back from you, then I'll hit you with an email and a text. Okay. You give me a call. My voicemail is full and you send me an email and it bounces back. What are you doing next? You're dropping um, this customer. <laughs> <laughs> Sending him to the guy down the road who's not a Predabo user. That's a, that's what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. So then, I mean, again, I would pick up the phone. I would call you. If I don't hear anything back, I have your voicemail again. Then I'm just going to send you a courtesy email saying, hey, as a courtesy, here is our final outreach. Um, you know, check this quote out just to let you know your due date might not be reached if I don't hear back from you within 24 hours. Um, if we don't hear back from you within 24 hours, then we're going to consider this quote dead um, and we'll move on. Okay. I get back to you in 23 hours and 45 minutes. Of course. <laughs> and I tell you, you know what? Overwatch stinks. I don't want to play that anymore. I, I don't need the shirts. How about not? Perfect. So then what you're going to do is you're, I would suggest definitely those of you guys that are Printavo users creating an archived quote status and marking it under your invoice statuses as a quote with the blue check mark, because then that way you can keep track of all of your past orders with a specific customer in Printavo. Um, so then that way, you know, if this, if Nick comes in regularly, asks for quotes and always tells us no, then eventually you're going to stop working with Nick. Um, same thing with, you know, those customers that always come in, but then take your artwork and take it to your competitor and say that they're getting it for a cheaper price somewhere else. Maybe you don't want to work with those guys in the future, or maybe you definitely want to secure a down payment from them. So it's just a really good way to keep track of everything. Great. Okay. Let's say I come back in a year and this time I'm much more serious. I'm playing a different video game and uh, I need a quote again. And I more or less want the same thing. How are you, what are you going to do next? So I'm going to send it out for approval again, set a task for myself to follow up in a couple of days and wait to hear your response. Okay, this time I read a bunch of books about business. So now I'm a good customer and I approve it. I hit the blue approve button, I sign my name. How about what happens next? Awesome, so then after the quote has been approved, then it's gonna go into the quote approval status. Sweet. Um, you can have that, pardon? Or just it sweet. That's <laughs> yeah, super simple, yeah. That's the, the best customer there. Just automatically responds after we send it out. Yeah, and you can use automations if you if you are on uh, premium. You can use your automations to also trigger if quote is approved or whatever whatever approval you send out to quote and art art whatever uh, is approved. Then change status too. And this is why I like having a quote approved status personally um, because I'll I'll go one deeper, right? So when they approve that quote, it automatically changes to quote approved. Then I also have a status change notification on quote approved, which is a text message to the customer and to me and the other shop owner. So when a quote gets approved, they immediately get a text going, your quote's been approved. They're like, awesome. I hit a button on my computer and my phone already knows it's approved. It's a good user experience. However, the better user experience is that now myself and my partner, Mike, 
also got a notice, quote approved. So the, the dead time between quote approved and the next step can be shortened, right? We can make sure that we're following through the, ne the next line of processes. And where this ends here, quote approved, that is just the end of this one diagram. This is not the end of your diagrams. This is the end of that one process. We decided we wanted to make sure that in this process, we go from how do we get from quote to quote approved? And we've built out an entire flow chart for that. This is not the end. This is the end of that individual process. It's not the end, just the beginning. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> You're going to have so, a for each different process, you guys. Um, okay, cool. So I bet folks are watching. They probably have questions. They might have questions about sales. They might have questions about the other processes. We are watching the chat. So please do ask away. Um, but I have a few more questions too. So how often, in if I'm running a shop, how often should I be updating these and tweaking these? Constantly. So this is this is one of the one of the biggest misnomers about SOPs that you set it and you forget it. Absolutely not, right? Um, so Jess and I talk about this a lot. Like what you're really doing is you're you're generating what you believe is the the best starting point for an operational procedure. Then you're pressure testing that. Right. Once again, we talk about the types of learning. We start at the top of the hour with that. Right. So audio, visual, kinesthetic. You may work with the people on your team on putting this together and then you hire somebody new in that department. And now they find nine new ways to break this. Right. Good. That's a good thing. The more you can break it, the more you can fix it, the more secure it's going to be. Right. It's like the first airplane <laughs> crashed nonstop. Now we're putting hundreds of people up on them and they're just flying across the ocean, right? So you need to let them break and need to repair them when they're broken. The more people find ways out of that process, the more you go, well, I didn't think about that. Oops. And you start to put little bumpers on those bowling lanes, right? So they can't really wander out of that, that stray. Um, so these are going to be ever evolving. Uh, really at no time do I think they are final ever. Uh, it's going to be a, a growing process. You're going to find that certain ones don't need to be revisited so frequently because maybe there are less options to stray out of that pack, right? Um, but other ones, they're new people, new variables that go into play. Once we get into the production floor with these types of things and you get as granular as like your printing. So if your hoodie has white ink fibrillation happening, then do this, right? But there's a million different ways to handle fibrillation. And based on the inputs you're putting into that, are you on an auto? Are you on a manual? What squeegee durometer? All these different things play into that. So you may find that that takes even more time and is continuous, continuously adjusted to create a good operational procedure where one like the quoting process, those are a little bit more of a controllable variable with less data inputs that are being adjusted frequently. Um, so it's never going to be done and don't ever think about them being done. Think about them as just a, a good process to, to continue to move forward and always revisit them. Sure. Uh, we got our first question, folks. I'm going to read out Cody's question here. What if I have a salesperson and a graphic person that owns a company and we handle all the work, but as the salesperson runs off to Printavo, I want to add their logo to their customer's own. Can we, you know, I think, I, I think you can, Cody. I think, I think you might be talking about the contractor profiles feature on premium, which is going to let you have different logos and you could toggle through them and have them added right there to the uh, work orders and to the, the packing slips and everything you need. 
I think that's yeah, what he's asking too. Yeah, those those you can find those under my account. It's going to be the second tab from the bottom. It'll say co contractor profiles. And then you can fill out their company information there. Great. And that's why Jess is the best. Steve's over there looking at looking at Printavo, typing in the answer. He's looking at it. Jess is just winging it. And he's like, <laughs> second one down. Here we go. Uh, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, I actually do want to bring up also um, what Steve had brought up a little bit ago. And I, I know we're a little bit out of scope on this, but we talked about the status change notifications. Uh, this is why it's huge, right? So he put for some context in an email. If it takes one minute to write you and you send it 10, 10 emails a day, that's 10 minutes a day, 50 minutes a week, 200 minutes a month. 2,400 minutes a year, which equals a 40-hour work week, right? So when people talk to me about how they're trying to save time, and then I go on to account review, and they're just they're blasting off a bunch of other opinions. I look at they've got zero status notifications. It's like, what do you actually want? What are you actually trying to achieve? Have you developed an SOP to figure out the answer to what you're actually looking for? Or do you just want to make change and not want to actually develop a roadmap to get change, right? Um, so that's a really, really important point that I'm glad Steve threw in there. For sure. One question I have that y'all have kind of brought up, who is making these SOPs? Is it just the decision maker? Is it just the business owner? Or is this more a collaborative process with everybody in the business? Yeah, just so I think, it'll, I think it'll start with the shop owner just because you know you know the business so well. If you have other folks that are working for you, like a production manager or you know, like a, like a, the administrative assistants or something, you know, anybody that has like a really solid knowledge of what they're doing, you want to bring them in. Now, if it's just yourself, then you definitely want to develop those by yourself. But as you hire on more employees, I know we talked about this a few days ago, um, you know, start having more frequent meetings once you start pressure testing those SOPs and making sure that they're working out okay. Because the only people that are going to give you feedback about what is and what is not working is not, you know, is your employees. They're the ones that are running it every day. So, you know, if somebody tells you that something's not working and that you need to improve it, then you can just zero in on that one spot and say, okay, what do you think that we need to do here and start really looking at different ways that you can make things better. So but Jess brought up something really, really important. <laughs> it is clever. One thing, if anybody in here or watching this later on is not management, right? And you don't have these in your shop, Here's a little quick way to become a manager of your shop. Make these, right? Yeah. So yeah, you're gonna step all over your production manager's toes. Good. If if you don't have a production <laughs> manager who is doing this for you to help you succeed, don't let them stand in your way. Make these. Figure out what tasks you're doing. Figure out ways to make those tasks more efficient. Work with what you have around you. Make these and then give them to your production manager, right? See what they think really showcase that you're thinking about better ways to make things flow in your job to make yourself more efficient, more effective and save them money, right? You start showing that management ideology and what you're trying to work on, you'll become a manager, right? Um, it's kind of that old saying like dress for the job you want, the job you have, right? Same thing, act for the job you want, the job you have. So maybe, maybe you're a screen reclaimer right now. Awesome. There's a lot of really, really big needs to, to create SOPs in screen reclaim. Mm -hmm. Start figuring that out. Yeah. Figure out like, okay, I'm tired of being sick because the day I come back, somebody else did it and I'm coming into a giant mess. Figure out how to make an SOP, figure out how to standardize that process, 
do what you have to do. The, the best jobs that I've been into, and I've done this myself too, when I go into that screen reclaim room, there are pictures and diagrams and it's written in English and Spanish exactly what to do. All the, the, the chemicals are labeled with big labels. And if anybody doesn't remember what to do, all they have to do is take a second, go look at the giant laminated pictures on the wall that has your one, two, three, four, your entire step through process. And they can remind themselves and walk themselves through that. So if you're a screen reclaimer right now wanting to go up in, in, in your company, do that, make that for them. They might come in and be like, I like what you're doing here, but this is actually wrong here, here, here. Great, but you're establishing a, a road to success that you can adjust that map process and really make that success happen. I think that's the biggest thing too when it comes to employee training. You know, those jobs that you don't want, especially for production managers or those those of you that are higher up, you don't want to have to constantly remind those new employees of what their job is and what they should be doing. You know, if they're catching shirts, they need to have a binder, like you said before, you know, a binder next to the dryer of what to do and how to do it. You know, make sure that you empower people that are in those positions that want to train each other on that process that you've set. Because the last thing that you want to do is have to stop and talk to and tell the person who's reclaiming screens what to do over and over and over again. So if you have these processes set, written down and put up somewhere, then you're going to alleviate some of those extra questions. So you can really start focusing on the parts of your business that you really want to start looking at. So it's super, super important. Let's, I like where we're going with this. We haven't actually talked about this previously, but let's, let's look at this in another light too. Let's talk about your customer, or not your customer, sorry, your, your actual employees. You have an employee that comes in, well, how do I become more in the company, right? That's a question that you're going to always see. Do you have a roadmap for their success? Do you have an SOP for how they can advance? Or do they think they're going to continue to do that job indefinitely and maybe every, every year they get 30 cent raise, right? How does that incentivize them? If you were in their shoes and, and you were getting that job, why do you want to stick around? Why is it worth you working overtime and having to do Saturdays and stuff, uh, especially going into the winter in the Midwest? Why is it worth you being a puller for 80,000 hoodies that week, right? What is the incentive? A paycheck is what I hear too frequently. That's not enough incentive. I don't care who you are. A paycheck is one part. There's a lot more to your work than a paycheck, right? You have to actually feel good what you're doing, why you're doing it, who you're doing it with. So create a roadmap for success. Talk about, okay, honestly, right now, my need is X, Y, Z. How do we get you there? Plan this out. Uh, we've talked in the past about universal uh, employees, right? Obviously, you don't want to constantly reshuffle your deck and put somebody in places where they're not the most efficient. But you want to train them to be able to fill that hole if it needs to be filled that day, right? Uh, I like that someone if, if you're if you're if you have an employee call off sick, it's like having a especially in a print shop, right? You don't have extra people everywhere, so you basically are on a ship with a little leak in it now. So it's going to continue just like slowly just sink that entire day, and you're just like, oh my god, right? Or you have a universal employee, you go, okay, let's reshuffle some decks. I have to go over here now, I have to, right? And somebody goes and clogs that hole for you for the day. So you can stay afloat and continue to move forward. Once you have an employee that now knows how to clog all those holes, there you go. Now they can become a supervisor for a department. They can they can take a step up to the next level. Maybe they're a catcher. Now they're going to become a puller. Maybe they're a puller. Now they're going to become a, an actual press operator. These are really important things. And you literally can build out that flow diagram that we showed for them and their success. I need you to hit these different departments and do these different tasks. And I need to actually check that you know how to do those tasks, right? I need you to teach somebody else how to do those tasks. I need you to tell me how to do those tasks. 
I need to hear you actually do these things, right? You can hit all the different points of learning, right? And help them learn and continue their own flow chart forward, right? So this is, there's a million different ways to use these operational procedures and flow diagrams uh, to help create better employee retention, uh, to your customers. All of these things all, all really lead to success if you do them and you actually focus on continuing to improve on them. That's, that's a really interesting point there, Matt. So it's not just for employee training, but for the whole journey, you know, the whole career at your shop. Um, Gonna shout out Cody here. He has an interesting idea on incentivizing. All employees at his shop can sell and make commissions. So, you know, teaching somebody how to sell is gonna bring in more business in the door. It's gonna give people more knowledge. It's a great idea. Um, here's, here's a real specific question for you. I think you probably convinced everybody watching that they need to make these diagrams. Should they just do it in Microsoft Word? Should they do it in Google Docs? What do you guys use to actually make these flowchart diagrams? Whatever you can. Start with whatever you have. Don't don't try to. <laughs> yep, yep. If you if you have pen and paper, start there. If you had a whiteboard, I, I am a big fan of whiteboarding things out first. Um, I'm a big fan of like I've got the iPad tablet, right? I'll kind of whiteboard things out from there. Um, I usually start there across the board. It's a physical whiteboard or a digital whiteboard. Um, then from there, I mean, there's lots of different things. Jess and I have talked about um, Lucidchart. I've never actually used Lucidchart, but I've heard it's it's pretty pretty phenomenal. Uh, I've always used uh, Draw.io. Um, I don't I don't know anything about their business, so I hope they're good people. Um, but I, I've used I've used their their platform because it's it's free and it works perfectly with uh, with the Google Suite. Um, that's the one that I personally that we that we built that we showed on the quoting pipeline. That was just built in draw.io. Um, but like I said, I've heard Lucid Charts pretty pretty fantastic. So I'm sure once I dive I into there, I, I might only use that one. <laughs> yeah. And those are both free softwares, right? So anybody, no cost. Is Lucid Chart free? I thought there was a price on that one. Lucid Chart, you, uh, as long as you go up to a certain, like there's certain features that you're allowed to use that's the free, like the free version. But then if you want multiple people to be working on, all of your charts, or if you want, you know, a, a few other features. I don't remember exactly what they were. Um, I know that we, you know, I had paid for it for a little while just because we were using it so frequently here. Um, but I, yeah, I think you can do a couple of your charts for free using Lucidchart. Otherwise, I think it's pretty affordable to sign up for. Yeah, but right. don't 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 feel like you need to go spend money on something right now. Right. When you are actually at the point where you've got a lot of these and you're continuing to uh, iterate on them. Maybe then it's worth throwing some money at it. In the meantime, a, a whiteboard, Photoshop. Great. I mean, you're already at a print shop, right? You probably have Illustrator. Use that, right? Photoshop. Use that. Uh, Microsoft Word. If you, everyone using that anymore? Um, Google Docs. Whatever. Anything you can you can do to create this flow. Um, just thinking about the flow and enacting the start of it is, is the most important part. For sure. Um, so everybody's making them, we're all making them now, we gotta implement them. We've all helped shops implement Printavo, we've all seen that. So what in your experience uh, do you think is successful for implementing SOPs? What are some of the tips and tricks you've seen throughout all the shops you've worked with? So the, the main thing that I wanna make sure I, I bring up is that you have to 
properly educate, but you need to also make sure they understand what you're trying to do. If you just start going around departments and trying to like ask, well, what are you doing? Why are you doing it? Right. And they're like, what are you, why are you breathing down my neck, dude? Awful, awful. Right. So I, I like to have like a big, especially if you're, if you're just for the first time going to dive into creating SOPs um, and, and really diving this out, have a quick 10 minute with everybody. And I don't care if you've got 300 employees, have a 10 minute with everybody, right? Let them know like, Hey guys, this is what I'm going to be working on for a while. You're going to see me kind of bouncing around asking some really weird questions, asking you about like fail points and stress points and how you feel throughout the process, all these really weird questions. Here's why, here's what I'm actually trying to do. And what I'm trying to do is benefit you. I'm trying to make sure that your job gets more, it's more attainable, easier, uh, efficient, effective, and you don't feel so much stress and that you're not having to constantly deviate a million different ways to solve problems that maybe aren't even yours to have to solve, but because I don't have a process right now, you're the one stuck doing it. So I'm gonna work with, with you folks individually later on to figure out the best process for this. Any input you have would be great. That's huge. Also, while we're talking about having uh, meetings, I don't know how many of you folks out there are, are sitting, sitting there going, I'm so tired of meetings. I have meetings daily. I lose three hours a day because of meetings. Chances are you're losing time in meetings because you don't have operational procedures. If people always know what they have to do, where to do it, how to do it, when to do it, you don't have to have so many meetings, right? So out the gate, have a couple more meetings and start building these processes. Give it a couple months. All of a sudden, your, your time lost to meetings a lot smaller because we all know that meetings, if it's a 30 minute meeting, maybe nine minutes of that was actually effective, right? So changing that and putting, putting together SOPs will help uh, create better circumstances and situations so less time needs to be done in meetings. You can focus that meeting time more on one-on-ones and better ways to actually help uh, understand your employees and get them to move forward in the, in the company. Um, so digressed a little bit there, but the first thing is make sure you're communicating from there, I usually recommend have your departmental leads work with their downlines, kind of build what they think. So I've done this in the past with some of the large shops I've worked with, and I'll have each department build their own, and then I'll have them build what they think their before department and their post department, what their jobs should be. So for example, I'll have the art department build theirs, and then I'll have them build what they think the previous department, customer service departments should look like and build what they think the pre-press departments would look like. And a lot of times what happens is you have your scope, what you think the other scopes are, and you learn a lot going, oh, I had no idea they had to do this. I had no idea they had to do this, which also helps breed better atmosphere with, within departments, right? Mm -hmm. Because it opens up the eyes and the, and the scope of what other people are doing. And they'll find overlap in which you can say, okay, I actually have two departments working on very similar things. It doesn't make sense to be over here. You should consume that whole task and that should now become part of yours. So there's lots of different ways to do this, but really you got to get the buy-in from everybody by letting them know that the whole idea here is to make their lives easier. Yeah, to go off of what you're saying about meetings too, I know that we were speaking earlier about you know, every morning, and I, I just told, told a shop about this the other day, every morning and every evening, take 20 minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, whatever you need to go over what you guys are doing that day to talk about how, you know, maybe something is really coming up lately that's not working for everybody. And you need to go back over your SOPs to see where you have those holes or where you can start 
increasing efficiencies and things like that. So the biggest way to, you know, really start seeing what's working and what's not working is just quick meetings every morning, get your calendar dialed in, make sure your schedule is all together and ask your employees how everything is going. Um, you know, that's the biggest way to make sure that everything is going to actually be implemented and continue to stay implemented because if you're not talking to your employees, they can start finding other ways to do things. And, you know, then it's going to go totally off of what your plan was. You still need to have that written down so that if anybody else joins the team, they're able to take over easily, quickly, know exactly what's going on. They don't have to ask as many questions. So it's super important to talk to you, talk to everybody. Um, and then with that, you know, implementing SOPs at the very beginning can be very daunting or at least seemingly so. Um, you know, especially when it's you're on board, you're super excited about this goal. But how do you get a team of employees to be on board with something, especially if they don't think that anything is wrong or if they're you know, nervous that their their job is going to be on the line if they don't do this right? You know, things like that. So how do you guys actually implement new software, new processes, new ideas? The best way to do that is, you know, incentivize them. Um, I think that's the biggest thing is just first of all, you have to sell it to them, just like you sell things to your customers. You have to tell your employees like here's my goal. This is what I'm trying to accomplish. And here's how we're going to accomplish it. You can't just walk into somewhere and say, all right, here's this, this new process, do it. You know, you have to tell somebody why. Um, the second thing after that is I remember talking to a shop recently that implemented a swear jar kind of a thing where every time that they don't actually update a status in Printavo, they have to put their name into that jar and whoever had the least names by the end of whatever time frame that they had set, um, you know, after they pull everything out, then the people with the least amount of names in that jar win prizes or get an extra day off or, you know, there's just like little things that you can incentivize your employees with for, you know, starting to implement the software and make it fun, you know? Um, and then lastly, I remember, I don't remember if it was a webinar or a video or a podcast, but I know that, um, Steve with Campus Inc. was talking about how if his employees don't mess up every month and don't, you know, misprint anything, everything goes out and is fulfilled properly, he actually incentivizes them with a bonus at the end of the month, um, you know, because there were no mistakes. So the least, you know, if, if you're creating less mistakes, that's increasing efficiency, it's making you more money. So why not make your employees, you know, a little bit of a kickback too. So I think that's those are really good ways to get everything implemented without being kind of like an iron fist about it. Awesome. Those are great. I have two myself. I'll share. One, I find that when you're trying to make a change in your life, it's going to get hard in the middle. So remember why you made the change in the first place. Here's a good example. If we're talking about our sales process earlier and you keep losing quotes, well, when you're struggling through the middle, remember you're going to make more money at the end. So always go back to the beginning, recapitulate to yourself, why are you making this change? That's going to push you past the finish line. The other thing I've yep. noticed is that folks should set a go live date with changes. Sure, it could be Printavo, it could be a new process in the dark room, it could be anything. You want to set a go live date, meaning we're going to do the new process this date. But there's something to keep in mind about that. A go live date does not mean we're not going to make mistakes. Probably will. Almost definitely. That's fine. It's just you need to have a date that you pull the Band-Aid off and you make the change because once you start doing that new process, you're going to get in the hang of it. It's going to get a lot easier. Yep. And then two or three, 
I think uh, have somebody on your side. Have somebody in your court. That's what Prince Alvo is for. Let us help you make these changes. Let us be the person you call to have questions, person you call to have answers too, right? Uh, so we're, we're hoping anyway. Um, but yeah, cool. I think I think we've really talked about a lot of stuff. I hope that the folks listening have got a lot of good info out of this. Is there any other tips you two want to give? Anything we didn't touch on that you want to you want to stay here as our, our closing thoughts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if if you're feeling like this is just unattainable, maybe you're you're just too busy. You're the owner. You're the manager. You've got a million things that you you've got to work on. This is one of the things you know you need to work on, but it just it it, it can't happen. You've got too many things going. You got family stuff. You got COVID stuff. You've got economy stuff. You got everything. That's okay. There are a lot of resources out there. There are a lot of consultants out there. There's a lot of people you can reach out to, right? Uh, I've spent many years being consultants. Uh, there's folks like Richard Greaves out there. Uh, there's Printavo, like we already talked about. I, I think Jess can probably say this a little bit more than me. Newer-ish to Printavo officially, right? Um, a lot of a lot of the calls I get are are just talking through this kind of flow stuff. Don't be afraid to reach out to us. If, if shoot us an email, we'll happily share any insight. Um, but you don't, you're not alone in this. There's an entire great, great industry full of people. I know right now we can't necessarily get to trade shows, right? But there's a lot of webinars. There's a lot of uh, people you can reach out to. Like I talked about, there's already, you can get consultants. So you're not alone. Don't feel like you're up against the wall and you're just going to fail alone. Uh, reach out, reach out to shops near you. Hit up Instagram. I talk about this all the time. Find a shop you look up to. I've got a handful of shops that I just basically worship, right? And I, if I hit an issue, I reach out to them. Sometimes they ghost me and they're like, I don't know you. Other times I end up becoming friends with them through Instagram for like a year and a half, just kind of talking smack back and forth, having fun and actually gaining good insight and sharing what I have. So if these are things that you're, you're struggling with, you're not alone. Uh, we, we've got a great platform. There's the Printavo unofficial place you can go to on Facebook, right? Um, you can come to these, you can ask questions, follow up, you can email us. Uh, you can reach out to any industry professionals. And like I said, most people are going to have pretty a good time responding to you. Uh, some of them might be jerks, but if they're jerks, then it's not you, it's them, right? Uh, so reach out. You're not alone. Awesome. And then, yeah, speaking of a lot of webinars, uh, I want to plug two things. You can watch this webinar when it's done right away. If you missed the beginning, we're also going to put it on YouTube. You can find all of our backlog there. And then we're not going to take a week off. We're coming back next Thursday. And we're going to be talking about water-based ink and printing with water-based ink. Know a lot of people want to learn more about that. It's going to be really exciting. I can't wait. Uh, but thank you all for watching. I looked at my inbox. I see a bunch of people I need to send the chart to. We'll do. I'll send that to you soon. And then, let's, also, let's also shout out Jess. What are you, what are you working on? You've got, you've got your... Uh, your lunch and learn you do every other week, right? Yes. You want to throw that um, out real quick. Yeah. So uh, every two weeks we do a lunch and learn for all of our newer customers. Uh, everyone joins me in this crowdcast, and I teach you how to set up your Printavo account. I give you tips and tricks uh, that I've learned from working with, gosh, like a thousand shops last year alone, um, and just what I've seen, what I think is you know our best practices. So then that way, as soon as you leave our webinar. You guys have a fully functioning or close to fully functioning Printavo account, so you can start, you know, right away implementing these new processes. Now, so I will say this: I had been using Printavo for years, 
and then jumping on board to working with Bertavo and having Jess go over some things, I picked up a lot of things that I had not implemented yet, had not utilized features to the full capacity because I didn't understand or see them in that light. So even if you are already a Printavo user, I really, really recommend checking one of these out because you might pick up one or two things. It's over lunch. You can eat your burger, have have Jess up on the screen talking you through it. You're gonna you're gonna glean some insights that's definitely worth your time. So definitely be sure to check that out. Yes, sir. Sure. And if you guys missed it, uh, you can always email us at success at printavo.com. Uh, we've had two already. I can send you either one of the replays and then you can ask your customer success manager questions from there. Heck yes. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Keep a look at the Crowdcast channel. You're going to get a notification whenever we go live. We will be back next week. And uh, thanks again for watching. And we'll talk to you all soon. Happy printing. Bye bye.